Benvenuti and ciao ragazzi to the fifth, yes, we made it to five, episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell and I am slightly closer to the shadow of Vesuvio today. I'm not in my usual position in the west of Scotland. I am in the middle of Sardinia. Why? Well, why the hell not? But you're not here to hear about my travels and my pathetic life. You're here to hear about what is happening at SSC Napoli from the Naples angle. Now, luckily, we have our regular dude in Naples, Michele Borelli. Ciao. How the hell are you, sir? Hello. Hello, guys. I'm fine. I'm fine, Henry. Yeah, we made it to five. That's we great, right? Yeah, exactly. Five. What, you know, what, what, what's five in the, in the Neapolitan uh, Tombolo or whatever it's called? Oh, man. No, you, can, you can't put me on the spot like that. I have no idea. I don't remember. I don't remember like 10 or 15 numbers. I don't remember all of them. There are 90 numbers. Listeners. We need your interactions, so come on, tell us what five is. Anyway, we are joined today, as we have wanted to be joined for since the inception of this show, by uh, Ken. Ken, how's it going? Ken, all far from Vesuvius fame. You're in the house. Where are you? Tell me more. Yeah, I mean, I'm in Boston. I'm, I'm actually just recovering from being quite ill the last week or so. Uh, not COVID-related, thankfully, but yeah, I'm here. I'm in Boston. I'm, I've been itching to get on with you guys, so I'm, I'm really excited to, to finally make it happen. It's a little, well, you know, early, early-ish in the morning here, so we're making it work. We're gonna Napoli's gonna make you feel better. Me and Michele are gonna make you feel awake. It's gonna be beautiful. Now, your, your surname, Ken, is Chofredi, right? Yes, true. Is that, yes. An, is that a Neapolitan surname? Do you have Neapolitan it's, family? I have Neapolitan family, but it's all from my mother's side. Um, my surname comes from Potenza. Okay. Yes. Nice. So, but you you have ne- you have Neapolitan roots, right? So you got me, like hundred percent plastic fan. You got Michele. Yes. If you cut Michele, he bleeds blue. And you have yeah, you, yeah. Is I split of- the difference. Yeah, I split the difference. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Half Neapolitan blood and half plastic. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, half, half Cosenza, though, not half Neapolitan. Ken, please be precise. Yes, <laughs> Ken is Ken is actually his eyes agent's cousin. He doesn't like to say that, but Mario Giuffredi, which is the <laughs> very is the very obnoxious, annoying agent of uh, Isai Di Lorenzo and Mario Rui. True. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think I I think they have some some family in common. I'm sure because the yeah the surnames are very close. We joke about it because I really really don't like Mario Giuffredi because he always talks, you know, he always sees, you know, he always gives yeah. us a little bit of problems when he, when he gives out the interviews, you know, like Mario is the best in the world. He says, yeah, he, which now we agree, star. obviously. Yeah. Yeah, obviously yeah. that we now know that that's true. He was just, yeah, but yeah. still, you know, like so he's, he he's know. kind of like a prophet. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And perhaps you are too, Ken. I mean, you are, you are the man that knows the most about, I mean, I first knew you as, as Napoli stats man, right, Ken? Yeah. Yeah. Back I mean, if back then it was like three or four years ago, almost four years ago now, when I could really dedicate my time into delving into all of the stats and stuff. 
I wish I had some of the resources that we had today, like FB ref, which is a really good, really good source of that stuff. I really would have been able to annoy all of you with stats, but yeah, that was, that was sort of my big thing when, when under Saudi was really, really delving into the stats. I was a real, real Jorginho fanboy over here. I mean, who, who isn't, but you know, there will be time. There will be time is the great T.S. Eliot once, right. Um, for that, I'm sure. So but Mikael and Ken, you you guys know each other. You go way back, right? Tell tell us, tell us, tell us your story. Eh? This this transatlantic bromance. <laughs> True. Um, <clears throat> so Mikael and I met through uh, a WhatsApp chat, actually, that I was invited to. This uh, is how all the best romances start. It's true, actually, it's very true. I think yeah, probably dating back centuries. Yes. Yeah, I think probably a lot of romances that people don't want to talk about start through WhatsApp, but that's okay. That's um, that, that's a different show. Yeah. Um, someone I don't remember who it was, but someone in in our group just like messaged me on Twitter and was like, "Hey, join this chat." You know, a lot of us talk about Napoli in there, and I was like, "Okay." Um, and I think you know that was got to be what f- almost four years ago now, maybe longer. Shoot. This- this is a long-term, long-distance relationship. It's got to be. It's got to be a little bit longer than that. Maybe almost five years ago now. I think it was 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, you think you you got the date marked on your calendar, Michele. So when 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 Ken <laughs> is in when... it's August August 2017. I can confirm. I just uh, read, I just looked it up. This is there so this is beautiful. So so can I ask you, Michele, when when Ken's in in Napoli, how how much of a typical American tourist is he or is he? <laughs> I think he came twice, right? I mean, you came when? Uh, 2019? 18, right? 2018, yeah. Uh, 18, and then you came back in uh, last October. Yeah. So, yeah, we watched Napoli-Roma together uh, to the, in 2018, which True. we didn't win. I think it was 1-1, right? 1-1, yeah. Merton yeah. scored in like the 92nd minute to get us a draw, yeah. Yeah, no, that was fun. That was still fun. Okay. In Curva B, obviously. In the right in the middle of the trust, and uh, yeah, he met some friends in, in there. He said uh, he and his uh, uh, fiance back then, right? Yes. Wife now, and yes. then he came back the, in last October against. Uh, remind me, Bologna. Bologna, yeah. Bologna, yeah. We won that one comfortably. Yes. Unbeaten uh, record, Ken. Unbeaten record. Yes, two draws. My, my Napoli Matt. Well, not counting the <clears throat> the preseason match in in Michigan, but. Matches that count, yeah, two draws and a win. So, McKelly, come on, what's the most American tourist thing that can? Did he ask for pineapple on his pizza? No, he didn't. No, he loves Napoli so too much, and he follows my lead wherever I I I I, I tell him to go, he goes, and we go together and we walk around. We have nice uh, espresso at the Chalet Shiro in uh, in Kiaia. We have nice uh, baba pizza everywhere. You know, like he doesn't. No, he's a he's a true Napolitan. This guy. He doesn't, yeah. He doesn't do any of the uh, pineapple stuff. Have you seen the? <laughs> have you have you seen the, the video? Of, it's some pranksters, right? And they go around <laughs> Nepalese in pizzerias asking for pizza with pineapple, and you see them literally being chased down the street by like incredibly angry people. It's definitely as it should be. Yeah. As it should be. Okay, so back with the normal stuff. So, Michele, we always start by saying, what's the non-football news in Napoli? Have you got anything to share with us this week? So, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, yesterday morning, they finally opened one of the biggest squares in town, which was which had some construction works on for 22 years. So, 
So 22 years, it's a long time. And it was very invasive. Like they took up the whole square, which is big. It's the square where the Maschio Angioino Castle is, which is also known as Castel Nuovo. So it's uh, where the city council is. Uh, it's where the cruise ships um, uh, the cruise ships approach the city as well. So it's, uh, it's a very big part of town. And finally, after many, many years of work, they opened it again, which which excites me a lot because I had been waiting a long time for this. It's a very nice square. And uh, it's curious because, uh, well, obviously, 22 years is not just up to the, you know, the Italian bureaucracy. They actually found a lot of interesting stuff back then. So every time you dug a hole in Napoli, you dig a hole in Napoli, you find some ruins from the Roman era from even before that. So this time around, they found, I think they found an old, Port, like Neapolis old uh, old port, and they found two wooden Roman ships. Cool. Yeah, almost almost intact. So what? yeah, so yeah, so I think they're gonna display them there right in the square. So they had to modify the project a few times because they, basically the, the square now is gonna be half obviously a normal square and half of it is gonna be like an uh, open air museum. So it's like nice. a, a very small slice of Pompeii because all the ruins are still there and yeah. the two ships will be there and you can see it freely from the square. So it's, and if it's anyone's gonna... listening to this and thinking, I've never been to Naples, never been to Napoli, this is yet another excuse to get yourself over there. That sounds great. I can't wait to see it when, when I'm next over. Um, cheers, Michele. So, right, we talked last episode or a couple of episodes ago about that scudetto feeling so everyone listening, you probably would have listened to lots of other podcasts analyzing the atalanta game that's you know we're going to talk about it a bit but let's just talk about the feeling of that so like we'll start with michele then i'm going to go over to ken um you know in the streets of naples in the in the cafes in the bars in the in your building which has everybody connected to napoli history in it apparently would you say that that feeling is still there that something special is happening no no uh We've been disappointed too much to still hope about it. Yesterday, I was talking to a couple of friends. Um, and at one point, you know, like we we're kind of talking around it. But we we're talking about the games. We we're talking about, you know, wow, Milan, Milan didn't win. And, you know, Inter doesn't look that great. And Juventus is now out of the race. So, but we didn't actually straight say, you know, we didn't, we, we didn't say Scudetto one time. So at one point, I just stopped the conversation and said, OK, guys, I need to ask, do you believe? And they both said no at the same time. But again, it's not an act. This is not something I'm just saying because it's funny. To, it's funny. It sounds funny. And I laughed when they said that because I agree with them. But they immediately, they didn't even wait. They didn't even think about it. You know, after one second, guys, do you believe? No. At the same time, they said no, because we can. And we can believe. We, if we start to believe, we're going to get hurt a lot. And that's not something you recover from so it's uh it's it's really it's really tough so ken does that sound like neapolitan superstition to you or do you do you do you agree i mean i feel i feel similarly right where you something is 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 bubbling in in my gut when i well first of all the game was really stressful because i didn't think we played very well um Mm -hmm. we, we we took our chance as well which was great um but it was just a very stressful game to watch. Even at 2-0, I was very uneasy about it, and they scored. And it, it was uneasy until we scored the third. But it's it's just one of those things, and especially because I think 
it's sort of a, a like going off of what Michele said a little bit, like it's a buildup over the years, right? How many times have we finished second? You know, we've always been the bridesmaid and never the bride. It's, it's that feeling that I think you just sort of suppress the hope because you don't want to open your, like Michele said, you don't want to open yourself up to just being crushed again. You know, that year with Saudi, you know, after, you know, the jubilation with Koulibaly yeah. and, and all of that and coming back to the airport and, and the, the airport is, full of people waiting for them and you know you start to get that belief and then you know just for your dreams to be crushed the following week i think i think it's it's, it's a little bit of a you know self-preservation to sort of just okay. to, you know hey we're just going to go on to the next game you know we are where we are we're happy we're in we're in champions league you know spot again and you know you sort of wait but i mean eventually <clears throat> we're going to get down to the last three or four games here and I'd be interested to see if, if we're still in the position we're in, what, what, what it looks like in a couple of weeks. Well, I think something special is happening. I don't know what that is, but there's something special. I don't know if it's <laughs> with that though. I don't know if it's so. I think we're going to be talking about this, this period for many years to come. Michele, just to get the, the kind of culture angle on this, like, do you think, again, is it a myth? Is it a cliche? Is it a stereotype that that, that sort of Neapolitan outlook is? is more superstitious, is, is more sort of cautious at getting, at saying something good's going to happen, do you think? No, man, it's not about superstition. So yeah, of course, a little bit is about superstition, but it's not about that. It's something deeper. You know, like we are really, I don't know, it's, it's even hard to, to, to explain, you know. I do feel it 100%, but, you know, it can be rational and irrational because I think what they said yesterday after that, it was also a little bit rational because again, like Ken said, if you look Napoli, Napoli's games, we are not playing that well. You know, we are not playing like a team which deserves to win the title, in my opinion. But then again, no one, no one, no one is. The greatest cliche in football is to <laughs> is to play badly and win. This is that's that's my point. That's my that's what I told them yesterday. You know, like okay, but who's gonna win it? You know, apparently no one wants to win it, so might as well be us. Exactly. I don't. I, I say that, but I don't look, man. Like I I, I can't believe. That we're gonna win this scudetto. It's just, it's just too much for me. I wouldn't know what to do. I think okay. we already talked about this, and it's, but it's not about superstition. It's not about that. I'm not a superstition guy. Um, it's just, it's just too much. You know, it's just too much. In the history okay, so- of the club, only one generation of people want something, something good, something worth celebrating. You know, Coppa Italia, Spagna, or whatever. Right. So, well, I'm going to come in here. So I'm going to say that I'm currently in Sardinia in the small village called Tanara in the Nuoro region, which has produced two top flight Serie A footballers, despite only having a population of 2000. OK, so this is a village that understands culture. This is a place that understands football in the middle of the mountains. I asked my, my mother-in-law, Maza, Ciao Maza, if you're listening, I asked, I'm going to press play here. OK, so this is this is this is for all you doubters. OK. Allora, sono qui con Maza. Domanda: Chi vincere lo scudetto, Masa? Per sentimento, Napoli è il tuo. Veramente, Napoli. Napoli. Grazie mille, Masa. There you go. So, even, even the Sardinians <laughs> think we're going to win. Could I... <laughs> Boo. Apologies for my Italian. I actually got my Italian wrong, didn't I, Michele? Actually, you... it's, easy, it's easy to say that if you don't support the club, you know, obviously, you know, you're going to say Napoli. You have nothing to lose. No, I love, I love Mazza. We have, I'm so bad at Italian, but we do, we, 
Calcio is the common language we talk about. Gigi <laughs> Riva. She's a she's a big uh, Victor Ossiman fan. Anyway, um, Ken, you've been in, in Napoli before. Have you ever been around where you think that something's in the air, or is that something you haven't experienced yet? No, I've I've never been I've never been in the spring. I've, I've for whatever reason I've only ever been to to Italy and in Naples in the fall, so in October. So the the Scudetto feeling is very far away at that point. Um, okay. So I haven't I haven't had the chance. I don't know what I would do if I was. I'm there. coming. I'm definitely gonna. You know, I'm making plans to get to get there in May. I'm, I'm making plans, and maybe we'll do the show literally in the shadow of Vesuvia. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um. So we talk about this game, but where do we actually watch it? So Michele, as you've said before, there isn't necessarily the big culture of going to a bar and watching the game in Naples. You watch it with your friends and your family. Was that true for this game too? Yes. Watch it at home. I had a few friends over, uh, family friends, and we watched it at home. We had a nice Sunday, uh, Sunday lunch. Was it Sunday? Yeah, Sunday lunch. And uh, yeah, we, we watched the game after that. What do you eat? And- Come on, Michele. Come on, help us out here. Paint the picture. What was, what was on the menu? I think it was ragu. Mm-hmm. I think it was ragu. Nice. Just Sunday, a Sunday ragu. Yeah, we had that very quickly, and then we watched the game all together. And yeah, there was there was stressful and fun. So okay. it was fun to add. It's people who I don't normally watch games with, but they were huge Napoli fans, obviously, and we were all very stressed. A lot of things were said about <laughs> <laughs> about a lot of players. <laughs> it wasn't a good game. It was one of those games, wasn't it? It was really stressful, wasn't it? Um, it was a really stressful game. How, how about you, Ken? <laughs> well, you were probably up, up at the crack of dawn watching it in, in Boston, right? Yeah, and I, like I said earlier, I was actually really sick <clears throat> the last week or so. I'm finally getting on the other side of it. Um, so I was just laying on the couch watching it, um, trying not to overexert myself physically. But it's not easy, you know. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I was, I was in Boston on the couch. I, I'm. I don't really like to go out. Like there is a really good um, like uh, cafe in, in the north end of Boston that that plays all all the big uh, Serie A games um, called Cafe Olimpico, and I have gone there for games on occasion. But I find that I'm like a little too emotionally unstable to go see Napoli games in that type of setting. <laughs> Sounds so. like the best place for someone like that is, is Curva B, to be honest, from what McKenna yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah. a lot of unstable people in Curva B. I can, yeah. I can, I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Accord, you know, when you're there for the Fiorentina game, Michele, don't forget to try to find the guy we christened um, Ciro to, to, to send him the best from In the Shadow of Vesuvio podcast. Mm. Um well, I can outdo you all for glamour. Yeah, you can have your record in the shadow of Vesuvio, Michele. But I watched it in TK Maxx, Glasgow. I'm jealous. I was doing the, the, I had split loyalties, getting ready to go away, to go and visit the, the in-laws in Sardinia. And I watched it and I had halftime donuts at, uh, what's it called? Ah, tantrum donuts in Glasgow. Everyone in Glasgow go there. It was amazing. But I stayed in the same place when we started to play well in in the second half, and so maybe I have to now watch everything in, in TK Maxx. Um, but you know, there we go. So we, you know, we've got a variety of different experiences. Michele, who who were the um, who were the players that you were you were particularly calling out, or do you not want to say just in case? No, you I, I, just like club. I don't know if it matters or not. I mean, it's all of them. You know, as, again. One minute we 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 hope they all die, and the, the next minute we we love them to death. So it's uh, 
it's, it's very variable. It was so funny because a friend of mine next to me on the sofa, he was praising Atalanta from the first minute. And that, at the beginning, I thought it was genuine. You know, it was like, wow, he really likes Atalanta. really likes, because it was like, well, this team, they're going to butcher us. They're really good. I think one of the best teams in, in no, no, it was, it was very believable. He oh said, you know, because he wasn't saying, he wasn't saying crazy stuff. You know, Atalanta is uh, a good team. Gasperini is a good, but hateable manager. And he was praising <laughs> them. You know, it was like, wow, what, what a system they have in place. We, we don't play that well, which is true. All true. It's true. Yeah, after, yeah. after 70 minutes of continuous praising from him. I finally realized that he was being superstitious. He was just praising <laughs> Atalanta, just you know, to diffuse some tension, and just because obviously it was working because they hadn't scored. Uh, I want that guy at every single game from now on. That you, I agree. And no, the funny part is that we like gradually we all joined. You know, after a while we understood what was going on. It was like you know, I think you're right. Atalanta might be the best team in Italy, maybe of all time. And yeah, we went we went all like that until the last minute, and then yeah, we would just say Gasparini for the next president of the republic. I think um, yeah, I think he deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, um, sure. Okay, like right. This is a good point. So we're gonna now. I I spoke to our away game correspondent Daniel Bowen um, at Adzoro Bowen on on Twitter. We had a great chat a few weeks ago. I thought I'd get him back on. And my goodness, okay, if we've been a bit down on. The Scadetto chances, you got to hear this guy. He's like 100% enthusiasm. He's energy. a believer. He's a be- I've talked to him in person. He's a believer. A true, we argue, a true believer. We, yeah. we argue about that a lot. You know, I, t- I tell him, don't come to me with you this Scudetto stuff. I don't, I don't want to hear it. And then, but he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Scudetto believer. He doesn't apologize for it. Yeah, I love him for that. Okay. Yeah, I love him too. So like, okay, you got, we've got about 10 minutes to hear of Daniel telling us about pre-game, the game, post-game. Uh, there's a little bit of colorful language in there for anyone who's, who's got um, Bambini in the background, but that's the passion that you get. Here we go. Over to Daniel. So, everybody, we are joined once more by the best and perhaps only away day Napoli correspondent, Daniel Bowen. Welcome back to the show. Always good to have you. How are you doing, sir? Hey, Henry. How are we doing, man? Just uh, ran out of work. Uh, sorry I'm a little bit late, brother. <laughs> I got caught up in a meeting, but um, yeah, I'm here. Hey, it, you don't have to apologize to me. You're, you're doing the good work. So talking of doing good work, you yourself were in Bergamo the other day. Now, let's, let's go through this bit by bit because you're a man of great passion and great enthusiasm. But let's start pre-game. You were messaging me about places to go in Bergamo. I completely failed to get you any useful information. Apologies <laughs> for that, Daniel. Um, what was it like? What was, was there a lot of Napoli fans around? Where'd you go? What'd you do? Okay, man. So um, I went with a coworker of mine and um, he's really good at picking restaurants. So we were able to get something to eat before the game. It was amazing. It was on the, uh, the edge of a cliff pretty much uh had a risotto a carciofi so uh risotto with artichoke he oh, I, had, love I love that that's one of my favorite dishes that's yeah good. it was really good yeah and we had some wine and he had s- some pork uh and um so that was like my first interaction with people from bergamo like with just you know the people that live there and stuff and uh 
I can't remember if it was you or Michele that said something about, uh, you know, people in Bergamo seem to be, you know, more friendlier than than normal. And that was exactly the case. Everybody that was me that said that. That was me that said that. I spent a lot, a lot of time you. in that place. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So they were super friendly. Um, and uh, there was a couple of people in there that were, uh, you know, from the Napoli area. And uh, there was one dude, man, that was sitting there all by himself. I walk in, I take my hoodie off. I got my Napoli jersey on. And I asked my coworker, man, anybody staring at me yet? And he said, I don't think so. Uh, the dude that I passed by that was sitting by himself, I could tell he was from Napoli without even asking. But I sat down and then uh, he came over to the balcony, took a picture. And as he was walking away, he like went down to my ear and he said, Forza Napoli. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I told you he was from Napoli, man. So yeah. that was really cool. One of the waiters was from Caserta. Nice. Um, yeah, it was nice. Uh, the food was great and everything. And um you know, we got caught up and, you know, talking and stuff. And uh, we had to get out of there really, really fast to get, uh, you know, over to the parking lot to uh, get on the buses to get to the stadium. And that was crazy. Because people always say it's only Napoli that do this to away fans, but it's not true. You know, you get you get put on a coach and you go all around the houses and you just about get there in time. Is that is that is that what is that what happened? Yeah, man. So um, the parking lot, uh, there was signs that that were leading you to the parkejo per hospiti, right? So the parking lot for visitor fans. And uh, man, it, it looked like they were getting ready for a riot with all the uh, the uh, polizia and carabinieri around. Um, it was about a 10 minute bus ride from the parking lot to the stadium. And we were escorted like by five of those Polizia trucks in front, five and back. Dude, man, when we were getting on the bus and we started leaving, I had to have a several ultras on that bus, man, because they started chanting and it was so fucking loud that I could feel the rumble in my chest. Wow. They were banging on the windows of the bus, yelling out the window to, uh, you know, you know, people that were on the street going by and stuff. And uh, man, my my coworker, that's his first Saint game he's ever been to, ever. And he's looking ever, at me. Ever football I'm game. Like, and he's he's looking coach. at me, and I'm, I'm telling man, I told you that you were gonna that you were gonna be like, well, this is crazy." And he's like, "I can't believe this." So, uh, yeah. For so first, the bus ride in itself may have been the most passionate thing I was involved in that entire time going to the game because of being inside with them, you know, shoulder to shoulder and all that chanting. And then, uh, what chance, you know, they got to the stadium. They, they, what? Put hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Daniel. What, what yeah. songs, what, what, what were they singing? Oh man. So, uh, you've got, uh, Odio Bergamo, which is, we hate Bergamo. Oh, damn. You've got, um, uh, Bergamine needs to pay the taxes. Uh, you've got, uh, there was one with Polenta in there. I can't remember what that one was. <laughs> so you, you will note that none of these chants are asking for people to be killed or the place to be destroyed, unlike chants that are directed towards yes. that. So absolutely, Henry. Um, that was one of the things that actually ran through my mind when we were chanting. Well, I wasn't really chanting because I don't really know a lot of the chanting song, but I was listening and I absolutely thought about that at least we don't say anything that is 
so derogatory that it would be offensive mm. like the chance that we get like the you know the racism chance that you know players that are considered part of you know a minority like if they're you know some other country that gets that stuff like you know Valovich got it this year Ibrahimovic gets it a lot you know those yep. type of chance that is geared towards their race or yep. geared towards their region I mean, background. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think- like, like the chance that that Napolitani will say about polenta, that's just about food you eat. We're not telling you to drown in your polenta. Yeah, we're not telling you to choke on yourself with your polenta. We're just saying, you know, the chant is uh, it's it has something to do with go home and get your polenta from your mommy. You know what I mean? Something like yeah. that. So. Yeah. Although actually, Daniel, you've maybe considered what drowning in polenta would be like. And I think that is not a good way to go. I, I don't think I want to want to drown in polenta. Anyway, okay, so you're on the case. It sounds amazing with some of the Corva Ultra and your your mate who you brought along. <laughs> it's his yeah. first experience. So yeah. what's it like in the stadium? Because it's a very compact stadium, isn't it, in Bergamo? So what was the atmosphere like there? Yeah, man. So, yeah, it, it was um, it's a very, you know, the, the field is close to the, the stands and everything. Not so much for our stands. The away section is not close to the field. There's actually a big open area on the bottom. And a lot of the ultras were down there leading the chanting and everything. So that was sort of cool that they were able to do that for the entire group and everybody could see them. So I thought that was pretty neat to be able to do something like that because it's a little hard to see them. Without having that open area, um, I know you've seen a video or two where you can tell that that's going on. Um, and then, you know, the other thing I was like, man, this, the stadium has been renovated, but the away section is still crap. It's still super old, you know, and it, it, the bathroom has not been renovated. You know, there's just one place to get to get coffee or a beer or whatever. You know how long it took me to get a beer at halftime, man? Oh. The whole halftime. it was literally shoulder to shoulder and we were like pushing each other to get in there to get a beer and and i've always thought that type of thing you know is if you don't look at it from a negative aspect you know it's it's funny you know it's something that it's never really bothered me um but yeah i mean it took me forever to get a beer at halftime um and you know but but by the looks of things that didn't stop you all singing for and being involved in the in the atmosphere because i mean the, the game itself I mean, what an away performance to go to somewhere like Bergamo and to put that in. And I know we weren't always at our best, but we had, um, what was the Neapolitan word that, that uh, Michele introduced? Katsima. 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 We had a lot of that, didn't we? And Oh, yeah. So when, when you were the, in, in the stands, who were the, I see this last time, who were the heroes, who were the villains, who, who were... Who were the Tifosi really, really behind from the Napoli okay. team? So listen, man, um, in front of us, there was a, a, a family. Uh, and actually, I think it was just his dad, maybe his uncle. There, there wasn't women with him. So a lot of white men, a dad, an uncle, maybe another brother or something. Anyway, uh, like three or four guys. And they had a little boy with them. And the little boy whispered something to his dad or his uncle and I was like, what do you say? And he's like, he said that Mario Rui is going to score today. <laughs> that would have cost me and Michele a lot of money. Yeah. yeah, man. And I said to little boy, I said, man, if Mario Rui scores today, I guarantee you win. Right? So, yeah. I love that, that. Hang on. Hang on, Daniel. we got to unpack this. So, like, either this new generation of Napoli fans are seeing these kids 
They're not talking about Ciro Mertens. They're not talking about Lorenzo Zinier. They're talking about Mario Rui. I love it. Cult yeah, hero. Right. Yeah, and um, so Mario Rui, like every single game, gets, you know, people say stuff. Just because he's not, you know, one of our best players, uh, this might be my opinion, right? But I don't believe he's one of our best players. I don't believe he really offers anything on either side of the ball that makes a huge difference in a game. Mm. So, like, whenever he does something, a lot of people feel the same way about him. So whenever he does something and it's it's not very good, everybody says something. Oh, there's Mario Rui. Yeah, oh, yeah. not him again. You know what I mean? All in Napolitano yeah. and everything, but... They're always saying something about him, man. Um, and dude, Zanoli. What I heard, a like I heard things over and over and over again about Zanoli and how happy they were that he was kicking ass because oh, he had a great, really man. good game, man. Um, he, yeah, Insigne, they, were, they were saying a few things about Insigne. Wow, Insigne is bringing it this game, you know, type of stuff. Um, Goal and assist for 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 Lorenzo. Uh, I'm really about, about Boca, I'm sorry, say it again. Really pleased to hear that about Zanoli because it, it can be really tough yeah. for the academy graduates to stand up. So, so you thought there was a very sort of supportive atmosphere for him. Absolutely. And the last player that was getting a lot of love was Lobotka. I mean, ever since Lobotka has really, ever since he started playing this year, really, like, especially when Zamba wasn't available and he was like the main guy playing in the mid while Zamba was out, uh, he's gotten love like all the time and he deserves it, right? The dude's crazy awesome this year. So he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's I mean, he's my player of the season so far, but let's see how things pan out. So so as we the other podcasts will give you the tactical analysis and all this kind of stuff, but what what we give you is that is that atmosphere and it is you really like I can see it sort of coming out of it each pore that you have. Uh, Daniel so what's it what was it like after the game it must have felt great and those incredible videos of the team running over to the Tifosi and stuff was it was that was that was that pretty magic how, how does that compare to previous experiences you've had away watching Napoli so I've been to I don't know how many away games and um, some of them are more memorable to me because of just where Napoli was in the table or what players they had that I fell in love with originally um, you know, there's been other away games where I felt a little bit more, but this is the first away game this year. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that the stadium was completely full, that that away game passion, um, was by far more than it's been this whole year. Me personally, I've had other memories that were a little bit more special to me, um, personally, but, uh, yeah, man, the fans, they, um, they were loving that shit, man. That that game, the, the way that the game started, the first 15 minutes or so, like people are looking at each other and they're like, okay, here we go, you know. And then all of a sudden, everything just started to change. You know, you could tell that they were ready to play, but Gasparini had a good plan to try to get a goal quickly. And they were just able to weather the storm. And every time they lost the ball, they immediately went to get it right back. There was no hesitation. So That's they were playing with extreme determination. It's just that, man, Atalanta is a good team. They got good players, and Gasparini is a good coach. So I expected some of that. But I'll be honest with you, man, I did not expect a 3-1 win. I was like, okay, I'll be happy with the draw. 
I'm nervous about getting a loss. So when they were able to, to win three, one and all three of them goals that they got were goals that were deserved. It wasn't like a bounce, a good lucky bounce, or, you know, it wasn't like the defender made a terrible play. They were all great goals. So that should build their confidence going into the uh, the home stretch for the rest of the season. Absolutely. And did you manage to find, was it easier to find a bear after the game? I hope. <laughs> Dude, no. So after the, after an away game, the policia don't let you leave, man. So you're like, you're sitting in the stands for about an hour before you can even try to leave. And the beer stand, the coffee, the, you know, water. Oh, of course, that's want. gone. But did you go somewhere? Dude, you shut down, man. You know, so you can't get shit after the game. So you're just sitting what? there twiddling your thumbs. And uh, when you get outside of the stadium, now you're in the parking lot for about another hour. So we didn't actually get on the bus until two hours plus after the game was over. Wow. So like, and that's normal, man. That's normal for away games. Yeah, cool. So, like, um, that hour, was there a lot of singing? Was there a lot of banter between the fans when you're in the stadium? Uh, you know what? There wasn't a lot, to be honest. Um, and during the away games, um, honestly, that's that's not really a thing so much after all the players have left the field. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do, man, is everybody get on their phone, dude. Yes. Yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody wants to get on their phone and they want to post their video and stuff, you know, and they're talking to their friends over the phone. So I yeah, that, not too much of that happens uh, once the players leave the pitch. So that's really good to get your because I was thinking actually, like, so I was because I'm obviously a sofa fan at the moment, but like I was thinking, there's a lot of video, like really good videos from like the stadium of people singing and stuff. So that'll be why they're all just sat quietly on their phones. Okay. Um, Daniel, as always, that's amazing. How, how do we find you on social media and things like that? Because you do, you tweet some really interesting stuff, like your own story, which we looked at last time. And, you know, you're definitely worth a follow. So give us, give, give us your info. Yeah, it's uh, my Twitter handle is uh, Azuro Bowen. See, and uh, I'm not just, yep. yeah, yeah. I'm not just saying that everybody really, really do go and find Daniel. Uh, It'll be great to speak to you again. Are you going to the next away game or what? You, you're, not, you're not sure? Dude, Henry, you crazy, man. I'm going to every single game as part of the 10-game win streak to win the fucking Scudetto. Mamma mia, there we you, go. You got we, me? You got yeah. me? So I we already gotta... got my tickets for the uh, Fiorentina game. I've already sent my shit to Michele for the Roma game. I am not missing another game the rest of the season because this is it, man. Passion. They're, they're Passion that I would love us to bottle and give out to everybody. Daniel, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time today. And let's let's meet up again soon and talk about talk about your your experiences. Um yeah, man. Anything, any last messages for the for the Tiffles you're listening? No, nothing other than just keep on supporting the team and you know, I, I really think this is the year. I think 2018 was, um, you know, it was a special year too, breaking the record in points. But um, Inter's form is not what it needs to be to keep winning. So they're going to drop points. Milan's going to drop points because they got a hard schedule. Napoli just needs to focus on winning each and every game, and there's no reason that they can't. I mean, they had a winning streak at the beginning of the season. 
why can't they have one now? So, Absolutely. yeah. And yep. with your support, I think it's only going to help. So thank you so much uh, for everything and take care. And uh, please send love to your Neapolitan family from the Far From Vesuvius Network and uh, Forza Napoli. Sempre and forever. So yeah, that was, that was a lot of energy from Daniel. Thank you so much again to him. Um, but we're back in the room with Ken and Michele here. Um, and okay, I want to draw a bit of focus into our, our Primavera product, uh, Alessandro Zanoli, who made his first start for Napoli. Um, yeah, what, let's just get the ball rolling. Michele, for you, how important is it to have you know, kids come through the Primavera, play for Napoli? You know, it, it, it doesn't happen. For some reason, we are not able to produce good players from the Primavera team. I don't know. Not, I mean, I know why. I know. I perfectly know why. Because there, there are no investments in the Primavera. That's why. Yeah. But it's very, it's very unfortunate that we can't produce any placement. I think it's just what? Insignia? And that's it, right? I mean, Gaetano is playing a little bit in Serie B. But do we have any Serie A Napoli players? From the Primavera, coming from Napoli's Primavera, I don't, I can't, maybe a couple, but I can't, I can't recall. We have a lot that we, we missed, but yeah. Um, so, yeah. so how does it feel to, to actually finally see somebody turn up and actually play well? I thought he had, he had a great game. No, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's it. That is one of Juntoli's uh, signings. He comes from Car- Carpi and Juntoli comes from Carpi too. He worked there for a long time. So he knows, like, I think he knew about it. I think he still have some connections there. Okay. I don't believe he was bought strictly from the Primavera. He went to the Primavera, but it was, I think the idea was to have him join the first team uh, eventually. So, yeah, I'm happy that our Primavera didn't ruin him completely because we, but because <laughs> he went... I love the positivity today, Michele. Just oh, man, there's nothing... Look, I mean, I love this club, but there, is a, there are a lot of things which don't work here. You know that Primavera don't have a training center? And they have to rent pitches like me and you would rent a pitch if I had to, we had to play a five-a-side. That's actually, that's literally what happens. They have a, they, they train, I don't know where, I can't remember, because they move a lot. And then when the time is up, they have like amateurs going to play in the, in the, uh, in the exact same uh, grounds. So how do you expect, you know, Primavera to perform if you don't even have a training center from the Primavera? I know a lot of stories from Primavera players who, you know, are nightmare stories, you know, like they have no support at all, especially if they move from other cities or even from abroad, they come to Napoli, but they have no place to stay. You know, Napoli doesn't provide an apartment, for example, they don't provide much help. Obviously, Grava, who is in charge of the Primavera project, he's doing his best, but, you know, like he has no resources. And okay. Yeah. Thought, and yeah. If I wrote about this a few years ago for the old um, for the old website that, that we had, and yeah, I remember being really shocked at like having to rent the facilities. Ken, what's your perspective on? Well, you know, let's just pick up on what Michael is saying in terms of the kind of history of youth development at the club, but then maybe also have to think about, you know, how how it actually feels to see someone that's come through the system on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, it feels good, right? Yeah, I feel like we've had a lot of, you know. You have someone like a Gaetano who's been like the who's been the most recent sort of is this guy going to be good enough to make the first team? Um, that's yet to be seen. He's had a couple of you know 
sub appearances, I think maybe in a Coppa Italia, maybe in like Europa league and maybe a couple of league matches where things were pretty wrapped up, but he's never really had a chance to like come on as and make any sort of impact. And he's been um, on loan the better part of the last two years. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good to see someone who, who was in the youth, <clears throat> the youth setup at least for a little bit. Um, it looks like Zanoli spent mm, a couple years in the youth setup. And then last year he was uh, on loan in Serie Chi. And then, you know, it's good that he got an opportunity. And I don't know whether, you know, we can, we can debate whether or not he got an opportunity because we just didn't buy anyone this year and he was sort of there and decent enough looking in, in training camp or whatever. Um, but he had his first chance to shine this weekend and I thought he did really well. He held his own and I thought, you know, Atalanta did try to give him a lot of different looks and try to sort of exploit that right side. And so they tried to put a lot of their better players starting on that left-hand side of their setup. So Muriel over there a lot. And then when Boga came on in the second half, he started on the right and then moved over to the left to test him. And I thought he really did well. Um, and he also had an assist on what became the penalty, which was a great ball to Mertens. A lovely ball. Absolutely. Love um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so he, he deserves he deserves some credit for you know, a youngish kid making his first start in a really, really, uh, really, really pressure cooker type of situation. You know, it's a really important match for us. So, I th- I And also away, away at Bergamo. It's, yes. it's a small stadium. It's interesting hearing Daniel talk about how much support came from the, the ultra actually towards Z- Zanoli. And I think that probably helps. He's a big lad too, isn't he? He's quite tall. Yeah, Maybe yeah. He, could, I, he could do a job at centre-back. Something I noticed when he came on as a sub, I was like, wow, he's so tall. But then I was like, maybe it's just because a lot of our team is short and I'm just don't have perspective on how tall players are, but yeah, I mean, and sort of piggybacking on what you said, I think it was the, they kept saying it on the broadcast that it was the first, uh, the first weekend that um, there was a hundred percent capacity at the stadium. So, nice. so definitely a big, a big moment for him. Yeah. And um, he's from Carpe, right? So I've tasked both of you to find out as much as possible about Carpe in, in Emilio Romagna um so here we go listeners are you ready for this this is gonna be this huge explosion of encyclopedic information about carpe michele tell me everything you know about carpe i know nothing okay that's fine ken how about you man uh i don't, I don't know anything about carpe okay i also know nothing literally I, i'm in i'm in italy <laughs> at the moment i've been asking everybody no one knows anything about carpe does it even exist all i've got is quite a lot of rich people are from there and it's where uh, Liliana Cavani, the film director, is from, who did um, that film about the Nazis with Charlotte Rampling in it. What's it called? The Night Porter. That's a really good movie. That's all I can tell you about Carpi. So, it's a small Michele, town. You what? It's a very small town, you know? It's a small town. So, we're going to give him a culture in Naples, right? He's, he's, he's t- this boy is turned up. <laughs> from a nondescript place, but he's going to be 100% Neapolitan. So, like, we've got Insigne leaving, as some of you may have heard. It was a little what? story. Yeah, sorry to break it to you, McKenna. I'm sorry. What mate. are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a gap, isn't there, that, I mean, Insigne has lifted that and carried that, and that might be part in part why he's off. But do we need that gap? filling do you think that would make a big difference to the fans in the Chita that there is there are people that have been through whether it's Gaetano Zanoli or maybe uh what's it called Zeb, uh what's it called Ken the other dude that you mentioned uh Z- Zerbin but I, we'll see what happens with him but yeah he's he's been on loan I think for like 
three seasons now, but finally having a decent season in Serie B with Frosinone. Yeah. Um, but so he, how- he, he doesn't literally fit that role in the, in the, in the positional aspect that he plays as a left winger. Yeah. And will that, I mean, potentially it's going to be a slightly tricky season next season. So will, would that, McKellie, do you think if we had some representation from the Primavera or from people who's someone who's from the region, that would make a difference? You know, like, it's not that much. It doesn't usually happen with Napoli, right? We don't have, a, we never had a huge representation of Neapolitan people in the team. We had Cannavaro, obviously. Like, I'm not talking obviously about the recent past, you know, the De La Rentis era, because, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I remember, at least. Uh, we had Cannavaro almost from the very beginning, which is, which I think he was, I think we talked about, he was a very good captain, I think. He knew how important it was to be Napoli's captain and he did his job well as a captain, not as a player. I, I don't like the player, I like, I, <laughs> but I like the captain. I like, I like, you know, like the way he interpreted the captain role. Um, yeah. And he was, he, was, he was an agricultural centre-back. That's how I would yeah, Nice. Yes, that's, uh, that's, a good, <laughs> yes. that's a good description. Yeah, diplomatic uh, way are, to put it, yes. Yeah, so, you know, like I love to have Napolitan players. I do think it's important. I do think it uh, like it, hel- it helps, I believe, because it's. Um, I think we we talked about it in the first episode too. Napoli is a city which doesn't leave the players indifferent. You know, like they come here and they start talking Napolitan. They start learning about the culture, the language, and everything else. So even if you don't have Napoli players, you know, Napolitan players in the team, they are not. I, they are not isolated from the culture and from the city. But I do think it helps. To have people from here, not necessarily in the team, you know, like even even for example, Tommaso Sarace, you know, the uh, the warehouse uh, worker in Napoli, like he's like he has so much influence over the team, like he's probably oh like Merton's Merton's best friend, you know, he makes coffee for everyone, and uh, I've, I I do remember reading some interviews from players saying, yeah, this is important to have some people from Napoli in the club, and Tommaso is one of them. So it's not necessarily about just about players, but I do think having like people from the region, not necessarily from Napoli, because Insignia isn't from Napoli, strictly speaking. But I do think having someone born here, you know, Napoli fan and everything in the in the team is important because it gives you identity. You know, it gives you, you know, if you lose the game, you know what's going to happen in the city. You know that everyone around you in the city is going to be sad. And if you win... You all, you also know how important it's gonna be for the whole city to celebrate the victory. You know, small or big it is, but it's it's. I think it's important to have this kind of perspective on the city, which players from born in Napoli are uh, can easily can easily provide. But again, uh, I think compared to other teams, for example, compared to Roma, because yeah, I remember reading something about Roma that, that they didn't even speak. Italian in the in the dressing room. That was some years ago. I don't know if they do yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah, that's famous, famous. Yeah, they only speak in the kind of dialect. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are a little bit more isolated, I think, from the culture of the city. In Napoli, fortunately, that doesn't happen. So everyone who comes here, in some way, you know, starts to learn about the culture. You know, Mertens talking about the old lady in the building and stuff like that. So <laughs> right. it doesn't like players don't get too isolated, uh, which is important, I believe. But we've had some great players over the years, obviously. Uh, I always think, I never saw him play. If anyone's got any footage, please send it in. But Antonio Giuliano, he was captain for 12 seasons, right? And he 
He's from Napoli, one of um, Dinozov's favourite players. He won the European Championships with Italy in 1968. Scant footage, unfortunately. And he was part of that magical team in the 1970s that uh, Luis Vinicio, right? That was towards the end of his career. Um, played such, some scintillating football. Um, Bruscolotti as well, yeah. Yeah, Bruscolotti, Ferrara, you know, there's been a few, but yeah, I think it would be great. And, and Ken, I mean, just think about all the, the players in other clubs who potentially could have been with us, right? So, like, yeah, you know, just t- players from the region in general. Yeah. You know, you got, what, you got Immobile and you had in the past Di Natale and these sorts of players. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I think the, the, you know, someone to look for over the next few years is, um, <clears throat> is Ambrosino, who's been playing with the Primavera for a few years. And I think he has like 15 goals or something in the Primavera this season. So, it's a lot. I feel like it's a lot for the the Primavera. So he's maybe a someone, 10, right? yeah, maybe someone to keep an eye on over the next couple seasons. He'll be ready. I don't know if he's going to make the team straight away, but maybe someone ready for like a a loan next season and could potentially be in the next few years the the next person from the area because he's definitely from um, from Naples. So okay, cool. So. Now we know that Spalletti listens to this show because you know Michele says True. stuff, and it and it does happen. We see it on the pitch. Um, so it sounds like there needs to be some kind of role at the club for somebody to help the Primavera players settle in. Somebody who knows the city, somebody who knows all the nightclubs where the players hang out. Michele, would you be happy to accept the offer from the club to do to do that role? Yes, please. It's my life's dream to work for Napoli. So whatever you want me to do, just just hire me. I'll do it. You know, if, if it helps with tickets, obviously it's better. It's my expertise, but whatever I need to do, you know, I'll do it. So, yes. Well, they please. have to get tickets sorted for their families and stuff. So, you know, you know, Luciano, go on to twitter.com forward slash get Napoli tickets. No, forward slash Napoli tickets. Oh, yeah, on Twitter, I've, Twitter, yeah. I've yeah, told Spalletti the wrong thing. I'm sorry. Ah, that's why. That's why he didn't get in touch yet. Yeah. <laughs> he was putting <laughs> get in front and he's like, I can't get to this guy. I don't understand. <laughs> Um, it's going to happen now. I would give you the job. So, okay, that's cool. So, any other thoughts about the Atlantic game before we move on? Anything, anything unusual? Anyone spotted or that that might not be picked up on by the the plethora of fantastic other Napoli content that is out there for people? Um, just a right. just a quick little shout out to Juan Jesus uh, this season. Um, yeah. I'm sure others have talked about it, but just someone who, when was brought in, was really sort of like, I think everyone kind of thought he was just a little bit of a joke. You know, he was really someone who was like, oh, God, this is one of the worst center backs that's ever played in Serie A in the last, you know, five years. And he's been sort of thrust into a much more prominent role than we thought with, you know, African Cup of Nation, uh, Nations, uh, Manolas leaving in the middle of the season. Uh, and he's done really well. So I just wanted to take 30 seconds to appreciate the work he's done this season because, you know, it could have really, really been dire if we didn't have if we didn't have him. So. I think oh, I think you're absolutely right. I, I agree, Ken. Uh, Michele, any any Juan Jesus comments in Corva B that you've heard over the season, or is he a, an unheralded hero? No, no, we love him. We love him. He's been silently performing very well for us. So yeah, no, I love these kind of players. You know, they come here, no expectations, and then they they deliver. It's really nice. And also, I think he he was very funny on on Instagram. He posted something about. Uh, Something about us, because basically I think Gazzetta dello Sport, which is a trash, I don't care about Libel, I'm sorry, but it's a trash newspaper. 
That's yeah, it. The, That's yes. what this podcast for. Come on, yes. we want some opinions here. Come on, McKay. No, I, I really hate Gazeta de los Sports. And I regret that I used to buy it like a few a few days a week when I was in high school. I really, I really regret that. It's a trash, trash newspaper. They've been publishing all kinds of shit this, this week yeah, about yeah, Ossiman. Exactly. Yes, completely... yes. They go against us. So yeah, Ossiman had some kind of problem in Nigeria. He normally agreed with the club, you know, to come one day late. And he, he couldn't even play in Bergamo, so it didn't matter at all. And, uh, yeah, he was suspended yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah, and then Gazette, I don't want to be wrong. I mean, still, if I'm wrong, Gazette of Sport is still trash. But uh, I think that they were the ones publishing something about uh, Napoli has a Ossiman problem. He didn't ask for permission. He's coming late and Napoli's angry uh, with him. And uh, yeah, so the players and uh, Juntoli were asked about it. They were like, oh, wow, you have a Ossiman problem? And uh, they they just said no. Why? What kind of problem? Obviously, we don't have a problem. Like everyone does. He asked for a one day, um, you know, permission to come late for one day. He had like personal issues, and we granted it to him. No problem he's at all. He's a human being, and that's what you do with human beings. What, that's exactly and so, right. And what were these guys saying about our man Juan Jesus, who we will defend to the hilt? No, Juan Jesus. One Jesus published an Instagram post saying, oh, wow, we have another problem with Napoli. You know, we did, no one expected us to, to win in, uh, in Bergamo. We actually did. You know, it was kind of mocking Gazzetta de los Sports steering shit out of nowhere. So, yeah, I love him. You know, like, it, it was really fun. I mean, that's what we like. If you think back to the players that we really like, we talked about a bit this, this a bit last week, Michele, how you only follow Instagram accounts of players and the people connected to players. But there's... You know, think back to the the Jorginho days. He was great on there. Like he seemed to understand. You know, we've talked a little bit about Massimo Troisi. I can't say his name right, Michele. How do I say his name, please? Massimo Troisi, the actor. Ah, Massimo Troisi, yes. Troisi. You know, there's that humor. There is a the brilliant sense of humor that comes. You know, Toto. You have all these sorts of Neapolitan humor, and I think that that is important that you have players that kind of get it and perhaps you think a kind of centre-back might not have that. And I agree, it was quite <laughs> nice to see him sort of like basically shitpost Gazetta, which is, which is always fun. Love um, it. Okay, cool. So next up, so Michele, you were complaining to me and Ken on WhatsApp and beforehand of how difficult your life is because everybody wants to go and see Fiorentina and everyone wants to see Roma. So it's tough, isn't it, having to get all these tickets and be a brilliant... So is, is it going to be a sellout, Michele? It is. It is actually. And it's surprising because it's, I think it's well, like we had Inter game, which was allowed, but it was 50 percent capacity capacity. Then we had what a Milan game. It was uh, and that was uh, sold out too. Uh, Udinese was also sold out. And I want to remind you, like Napoli used to sell out just one game per season. And that was usually Napoli Juventus. Yeah. So having all these uh, games with no tickets available at the last moment and basically being sold out, you know, it's very surprising. It's unprecedented. And, uh, and it's even more, unpre- it's even more surprising now because uh, as Ken was saying, uh, stadiums have gone back to hundred percent capacity now. And on, to be honest, I did, I expected tickets to go quickly. And I told everyone that but I didn't expect tickets to finish. So right. as, as we speak, I'm checking availability right now and there are literally only lower curva tickets available and tribuna posilipo tickets available and that's it so wow. it's easy to predict that they're gonna and again lower curva is not a good section so people don't usually get tickets there so if 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 
lower curva is so is selling out it means that there is a lot of demand and uh uh yeah it's 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 something and uh, yeah do, do was... you know what that sounds like to me michele despite your best efforts today do you know what that sounds like to me that sounds like people are believing in something ah uh, no that's not true <laughs> don't, don't say that don't say that you know like you go there you obviously don't... that's what you do when when you don't believe in something you you go to the stadium obviously it's a voice how Look, good I got... your Fiorentina are, just like your friend talking about Atalanta. There's going to be 52,000 people praising Fiorentina. Yeah, I guess, yeah, probably, yeah. Look, I got, my, <laughs> I got my Curva B tickets before the Bergamo game, the Atalanta game. So, you know, you could call me a believer, but you will be wrong because I don't believe. <laughs> I will go there and obviously I will support Napoli. I will hope for a win, but it, a win doesn't mean anything. And let me remind you that we're still second. So even if we win them all, there's no guarantee that we're going to win it all. So, uh, you know, it's very I can see early. your eyes, Michele. I can see your eyes and your eyes are telling a different story. No, 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 no. It's, it's not superstition. I 100% believe. I used to, be, I, I'll be honest. I used to believe. Like even like before the Inter game, I believed. You know, like up until, but then my, I went to, for the Milan game and I also started to believe again. But that game crushed me. A lot, like it, it is still. I'm still in pain from that game because I actually kind of believed, and uh, so no, I don't want to believe anymore. If it happens, it happens. It's not gonna happen, but I'll still go to the stadium. I'll still support, but no, no, no believing and no, no, not of, not of that crap, you know. The lady doth protest too much, methinks. That's the that's a, that's from William Shakespeare. Um, there you go, Hamlet. Ken. I'm going to ask you something which I think Michele will like because it's, it's going to bring us even further down. Can you see Fiorentina on a fixture list without thinking about the hotel room in Florence? I know we're at home this time. <laughs> no, not at, not at this point of the season, right? Like this is, I didn't do the research, but this has got to be within like a week or so of that Good game. point. Good point. I can, I can pull it up. Maybe it's a little early, actually, because I think maybe there's only like four games left. I think or... it was. I think it was. La- it was the last. Uh, was probably the 29th of of April. Yeah. So maybe it was a little, a little under. Yeah. But too, you know too close for comfort, I think. You know why yeah. I know? Because I was there. I'm sorry, oh. Michele. Well, probably you like this. You want us to focus <laughs> on these awful stories. It makes you makes you feel better. It's why I don't want to suffer. <laughs> Well, then you just stop believing, Michele. Sorry, Ken. Yeah, I think, I mean, of course, you definitely think about it, right? You think about coming off of, right? Like the, 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 the story is sort of written, right? We come off of a huge away win, one that puts pressure on a, on a team, puts us one point behind the league leaders, this is just like last time. And then, I mean, the, the different part this time is that we're playing um, at home. I think the other game was... The Fiorentina game that we had the big blowout, I think, was in Florence, if I remember correctly. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, why you, you don't remember? I'm jealous. <laughs> trying to block that out. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> trying to block it out of my memory. It's like if we could um, do that eternal sunshine of the spotless mind thing, when you can wipe out yeah. a memory, I would definitely choose that. I think, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, that feeling, that gut punch feeling. Yeah, but you know, different situation this time, a little bit, or at home. Hundred percent sellout. I don't even know, Michele. How many? How many? How many people is a full sellout at the at the stadio? Se- so, 60? 
Uh, no, not anymore, because with the re renovations, we have bigger seats, so that reduced capacity a little bit. I think now it's 54,000. Uh, actually, I have the documents in front of me. I was checking it. It's 54,726 total. You and so. uh, by you, you, yeah, with uh, well, the away section is 3,500, so it's going to be... 51,000 tickets sold for the for the homestands. And those of you listening who don't realize if you need any assistance with getting tickets for Napoli, then you get in touch with Michele Borelli, who can provide assistance, correct? Because you don't have enough people getting in touch at the moment, right? Yes, just please realize that everyone wants a ticket for, this, for the end of the season. And I'm, at the moment, I'm a little bit overwhelmed. And uh, my goal is to help everyone, but please be patient and... Uh, if you if you send a message and I don't answer within, you know, a day or two, just know that I'm gonna get to it eventually. Don't send an email and a Facebook message and a Twitter message and then a WhatsApp message after that. Uh, I'll I'll get to it. Sorry sorry for this you know message of, but I need, I need people to know. I need people to know and uh, yeah, it's it's a okay, little well, difficult right now. I think people should only agree to that if you say that 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 you believe. I don't. I'm sorry. Oh, well, there you go. I'm keep, sorry. Keep emailing him, everybody. No, I'm joking. Okay, so <laughs> there we go. That's cool. Okay, I think we've covered. We've covered. We've covered the Atalanta game. We've covered the Fiorentina game. We've talked. We've heard from my Sardinian mother-in-law, Maza, who believes more than Michele. That's fine. Both, <laughs> both of you have an important place in my heart. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, Michele, what's your what's your Neapolitan phrase of the week? It's probably like "fuck off, Henry." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking about that. I think I I thought about one which I really like. Um, it's a little bit of an optimistic phrase. That doesn't mean that I believe. That sounds to me that you believe. No, it's not. It just you know, it's a, a kind of a hopeful phrase. The phrase is "chi non tiene coraggio non se che femmina bel," which means. Whoever, like, he was not brave is not going to sleep with beautiful women. Uh, it sounds a little bit, you know, like it's, it's, an old, it's an old saying. So if it sounds a little bit sexist, but maybe it is. You can apply it across gender identities there and obviously in an entirely <laughs> maybe, consensual yeah. way. Um, yeah, can but you, yeah, can you, obviously. Can you give that to means... us again? Give it, give it to us again, Gom? Yes. Chi non tiene coraggio non se cocco che femmina bella, which obviously means that if you don't dare, if you don't risk, if you don't take risks, you're not going to achieve anything worth achieving, worth celebrating. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that why. sounds like I a little bit that. of belief. I no, don't know. it's not. It's not. Yeah, but no, I, 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 I really like that. I really like that. You know, but it's, uh, maybe we'll take it one step below belief and we'll say that that sounds like hope. Yeah, there we go. Hope is a wonderful uh, pre-Raphaelite <laughs> British artist who did a, a painting called Hope. And it's a sort of blind, blindfolded woman with a harp. But that sounds a bit weird, but it's a beautiful thing because it's actually, it's quite sad hope. I don't know. I don't know. Why am I talking about pre-Raphaelite art? I apologize, everybody. This is a football podcast. Um, <laughs> interestingly, Michele, your, um, your phrase may have been thought or uttered in some, in some nightclubs by, by Napoli players over, over the years. Would you say? Yeah. What do you want to know? Players whose names will remain. <laughs> Look. Yeah. Uh... I've, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say too much. I know, I know I mentioned it in the past, but 
Uh, it's funny. Okay, so listeners, full disclosure. I thought, right, let's put a um, let's have a regular a regular <laughs> section of the show called Tales from Napoli nightclubs, and. Having spoken to McKinley before the show, there's absolutely no way that we're running this feature because we would all be um, sued in prison. And I don't think any <laughs> Napoli players relationship will survive this. Podcast. Yes. I just want to say, I just want to say that I, again, I want to reiterate, I fully believe these rumors. I fully believe that hundred percent because I don't know, that's, that's the way it should be. And I, I heard these rumors from multiple people who don't know each other. So, you know, and uh, every time they have a different, Oh, so you believe the rumors, but you don't believe in the Scudetto. There we yes, go. Yes, you can. Yes, I'm a believer of rumors and not a believer <laughs> of, of, of Scudetto rumors. So, yes. Okay. But yeah, no, I, I, have, I have some rumors, you know, but they, yeah, they involve even current players. That's enough. Anyway, Ken, so <laughs> how, Ken, we're about to wrap up. Any, any last messages? Yeah, it must be nice to be back in the seat and, and podcasting again, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's great to sit back down in the chair, get in front of the microphone. Um, it's awesome to sit down with you guys. Um, felt good. Feels like, uh, feels like, it feels like, you know, this is something a little bit different, which is great because I feel like there's a lot of great people out there doing great analysis of Napoli games. You know, we have, we have our buddies, the, the Roths doing their thing. We have Joe doing his thing. We have, Napoli talk doing their thing. A lot of people are really analyzing Billy, the games. The, Billy the, did the Vesuvio as well. Those yeah, guys Billy look great. Yeah, we're so blessed. Remember when we started doing this, Ken? It was like it was just, just us. us. Yeah, you know, it's you know, and some people might think, oh, you don't want having all these people doing stuff just is great because it means that we can be be silly about things and there's a space for that, you know. So yeah, yeah. so people are really getting into the minutia of, of the games. And if you want to, you know, listen to that, then I, I really encourage you to listen to any of the the you know the guys out there who are doing a great job. But you know, we're trying to take it take things from a different angle. And you know, for me, I'm just just happy to you know, I guess I sort of invited myself, but um, I'm happy you guys have accepted me. So that's the I'm best way to invite. invite <laughs> uh, Michele, any any last thoughts from you? Yes, I didn't want Ken in the podcast, but I had no say in that. Same here. <laughs> like I, my my block button not working. Um, <laughs> no, I, lo- I love having Ken on, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good addition, I think. Absolutely, Ken is Ken is my podcasting brother in arms. So, um. Thank you so much. So, uh, Ken, where do we find you on Twitter? I should have written this down, but I haven't because I've just always followed you. Yeah, so you can follow me at K underscore C-I-O-F-F-R-E-D-I on Twitter. Uh, I don't post too often there uh, right now, but hey, that's where you can find me. If you want to engage, I still answer my replies and stuff, but I'm trying to keep it quiet because uh, keeping it quiet has been working this season. So, okay. Yeah, stay stay quiet, and then we can we can pick <laughs> things up again in the summer. Uh, Michele, how do we how do we find you to send you lots of messages so you can get us tickets? Don't find me, please. I'm all well right now. <laughs> I don't want any other. No, no. You can find me on Twitter at uh, at Napoli tickets. Uh, again, just so you know. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a sellout for Napoli Fiorentina. Napoli Roma is gonna be sold out for sure. Uh, a lot of people are coming from for Napoli Genoa as well, which is the last home game of the season, and that's gonna be a mess as well. And uh, that, I do think, uh, I think it's in the on the fourteenth of May, three and, days uh, before my birthday. Yeah, it's it's six days before my birthday as well. And uh, the the thing is, are you a tourist, Michele, like me? Yes, 
there we go Toro. And wow. anyway the the thing is that if if napoli is still fighting for the title come may come napoli genoa i do believe that every napoli fan from around the world will uh, book a flight and come to napoli in hope of attending napoli genoa so Myself I do included. believe that 100 because that that's what I will do if I still live abroad. Um, Ken, so yeah, what keep... was the word that you could pick up on most in the sentences that Michele just said? What was the, there was a word that he used more than one? <laughs> I told don't. It's just <laughs> hypotheticals. It just you know I need to I need to no I need to I need to consider all the scenarios. So you know <laughs> this is I this don't. is a uh, this is analysis of uh, of the market, right? That's right. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Okay, stop. I've been being too silly. Okay, so yeah, Michele, Ken, grazie mille for your time, OG. Uh, you can find me at Henry Bell Calcio. I have a very small amount of followers, but I believe that it's about quality, not quantity. But feel free to, to add quantity and less quality if you want. And this is part of the Far From Vesuvius Network uh, at Far From Vesuvius. And that's it. Thanks for joining us. Please do stay in touch, send us some messages, some questions. It's always good to have stuff on the show. And Forza Napoli Sempre